Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. If you're constantly on the hunt for a good deal, then you need Rakuten. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop because members get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every category, including fashion, beauty, electronics, home essentials, traveling, dining, and more. You're already shopping at your favorite stores. Why not save while you're doing it? It's a no-brainer. Get the Rakuten app now and join the 17 million members who are already saving. Cashback rates change daily. See Rakuten.com for details. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Your cash back really adds up. Tonight, a California wildfire explodes and forces thousands to evacuate. The destructive Oak Fire near Yosemite National Park tripled in size and is now one of the biggest wildfires of the year. More than 2,500 firefighters are battling the flames with helicopters, planes, and bulldozers. We're on the ground with the latest. Severe weather coast to coast. Thunderstorms threaten the northeast while sweltering heat bakes the northwest. When will this heat break? Panic at the airport. Travelers at Dallas Love Field race for cover as a woman shoots into the air at the ticket counter. One officer returns fire. Now a hunt for the motive. The president's COVID battle. The White House says Mr. Biden's symptoms have almost completely resolved. When will he return to the Oval Office? An historic apology. Pope Francis humbly begs for forgiveness in Canada after years of abuse of indigenous people. Why some say it's too little too late. Global health emergency. Frustration grows as monkeypox cases increase across the United States. When will more vaccines arrive? Rent prices on the rise. More Americans are being forced from their homes. We'll speak to one woman who says it's cheaper to live in a hotel. Whale of a story, spectacular video of a fishing boat getting walloped. And a cancer patient takes a risk. Find out how one woman's honesty and bravery changed her life and inspired another. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm Major Garrett in for Nora. Tonight, record high temperatures across the country are fueling wildfires in 15 states, the largest in Northern California, with smoke now visible from the International Space Station. The Oak Fire exploded over the weekend as it burned out of control through a bone-dry forest. Thousands of firefighters, firefighters have battled the flames for four straight days. The fire has burned nearly 17,000 acres and is 10% contained. Thousands of homes and businesses in a mountain community near Yosemite National Park remain under evacuation orders. Smoke has spread hundreds of miles away, reaching Lake Tahoe, parts of Nevada, and the San Francisco Bay Area. We've got a lot of news to get to tonight, and CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti starts us off. Jonathan, good evening.
Major progress here on the front line is measured by the minute. And this evening, this fire continues to explode as it rips through dry vegetation. It's also incredibly unpredictable, even for firefighters. Fire is into the trees all around the property. This radio dispatch is just one example of what crews are up against as they continue to battle California's largest wildfire. Just want to let you know there's going to be fire on the ground. More than 2,500 firefighters are now on the lines, working around the clock in intense heat and on steep terrain to put down the so-called oak fire from both the ground and air. The fact that this is the biggest fire in the state, we were able to access personnel from all over the state and help us mitigate this fire. The vegetation is bone dry. It doesn't take much to turn it into a fire like this. There has been a stroke of some luck. The wind has remained calm. It only takes a gust, though, to turn fire like this into a wall of flames. The fire has already incinerated more than 16,000 acres, destroyed seven structures, including homes. But that number is expected to rise. It's just tough, but it's still amazing to see what survives. More than 6,000 people are under evacuation orders, like Steve and Andrea Ward, newlyweds who watch their home burst into flames on TV. I see a home, and it's an inferno, and then an explosion goes off. Years of drought across the western U.S. and high temperatures over recent days have fueled flames reaching 50 feet into the sky. This is not normal. Now we have multiple big fires every year. It's terrifying. It's, it's absolutely terrifying. And while wind conditions have remained favorable, there is the threat of gusts picking up tonight, as well as dry lightning, which could ignite this tinderbox. Major. Jonathan Vigliotti, thank you. Now to the severe heat we mentioned earlier. Scorching temperatures have worsened a fast-moving wildfire in a Dallas suburb that has destroyed at least nine homes. More than 50 others had to be evacuated. Excessive heat warnings and advisories are also in the forecast for the Pacific Northwest, including Washington, Oregon, and Northern California. Meanwhile, more than 50 million Americans are under severe thunderstorm watches this evening from Virginia to Maine. The storm should last through 10 p.m. Eastern and likely break the northeastern heat wave. Now to a scary incident that could have turned tragic at Dallas's Love Field. Police say a 37-year-old woman fired several gunshots, possibly into the ceiling, near the Southwest Airlines ticket counter. A nearby officer shot and wounded her. Brooke Rogers from our CBS Dallas-Fort Worth station has the latest. Towers up five. Looks like we have a scene on the west side of the airfield. Uh, looks like a shooting close by. Gunshots at Dallas Love Field Airport late this morning sent passengers inside and out into hiding, stopping all flights for several hours. It was crazy, man, because it was like chaotic. All of a sudden, we heard people run out. 37 year old Portia Odufawa, who had been arrested for burglary in 2019, went into the bathroom near the Southwest ticket counter, put on a hoodie, and exited and began firing shots into the air. At this point, we don't know where exactly the individual was aiming. For the most of what we're seeing now, she was aiming uh, at the ceiling, at, but there was uh, several rounds that are found. A Dallas police officer on scene shot Odufua below the waist, injuring her and taking her into custody. No one else was hurt. A witness says Odufua was yelling about her husband having an affair before she started firing. She was going to blow the effing airport up and then she just basically had a hood and she pulled the gun from underneath the hood, fired the first shot up, and then it's kind of skyed after that. We were just basically getting out, you know, trying to get safe. 
Now, Texas state law does allow gun owners with a concealed license to carry weapons here in the general terminal area. It is not clear whether the suspect had a permit. She's not yet been charged. Major? KTVT's Brooke Rogers, thank you so much. Tonight, there's growing concern over the spread of monkeypox around the world and here in the U.S. According to the CDC, there are now nearly 2,900 confirmed cases in 44 states. The Biden administration says it may follow the World Health Organization's lead and declare a public health emergency. Here is CBS's Tanya Rivero. Anxious Americans are lining up to get the monkeypox vaccine. I don't know how I got this appointment. I just got lucky. As vaccine demand surges, frustration over a lack of appointments is fueling protests in cities like San Francisco. This is a failure of our public health system. New York City is the epicenter of the U.S. outbreak with more than a thousand confirmed cases. Anyone can get monkeypox, which is spread through close contact. Currently, the disease is spreading primarily among men who have sex with men. We're fighting two pandemics at once. New York City Health Commissioner Dr. Ashwin Vassan says the state is set to get 33,000 doses soon. The city will get the lion's share. We're funding our monkeypox response based on our dollars here in the city. There isn't federal money coming in for this response. Matt Ford, who recently recovered from the virus, says he was prescribed narcotic painkillers to sleep at night as his torturous lesions multiplied. First ones that showed up got more painful, you know, especially on more sensitive skin, sensitive areas. It became excruciating at times. Ford says the pain and discomfort wasn't even the worst of it. I'm kind of having to reacclimate to being social. I mean, it was an intense experience to go through. The monkeypox vaccine is now being made available to children through updated CDC protocol. There have been at least two cases of monkeypox reported in children in the U.S., a toddler in California and an infant in Washington, D.C. Major. Tanya Rivero, thank you. President Biden gave an update on his COVID battle today, saying he feels great and hopes to be back working in person by the end of the week. The president's voice did sound a little raspy during a virtual meeting today. The president's doctor says Mr. Biden's symptoms are almost completely resolved, except for residual nasal congestion. The president will continue to isolate in the White House residence until he tests negative. Pope Francis today issued a long-awaited apology to Canada's indigenous people for decades of cultural genocide. The pope called the abuse indigenous children suffered at schools run by Catholic missionaries, quote, catastrophic. More on this from CBS's Chris Livesay. A dark chapter and a feeble pope trying to turn a new page, honoring generations of indigenous Canadians past and present. Amid the sacred native rituals the church once sought to erase. I've come to your native lands to tell you in person that I am pained and to beg God for forgiveness, the Pope says. From the late 1800s to 1997, more than 150,000 indigenous children were taken from their families to attend residential boarding schools. The goal? To forcibly assimilate them and make them Christian, often violently punishing them for speaking their native language, even cutting their long hair. It was a common saying at the time, kill the Indian, save the man. Richard Green spent nine years at a residential school. It was horrid. It was horrid. Uh yeah, that's a, that's a say the least. I'm here to remember the past and to cry with you, Francis said, before receiving a high honor, usually reserved only for chiefs. 
A church that once sought to suppress a culture, now humbled by it instead. Now, the grim legacy of these boarding schools is not unique to Canada. There were once more than 400 of them in the United States as well. Earlier this year, the Interior Department issued a report citing withholding of food, solitary confinement, and beating of Native American children there. Major? Chris Livesay, thank you. Now to some breaking news. CBS News has confirmed that Mark Short, the former chief of staff to former Vice President Mike Pence, has testified before a federal grand jury investigating the January 6th assault on the U.S. Capitol. Short was at the Capitol on the day of the insurrection and was with the vice president as he fled and hid from rioters who had stormed the building. Tonight, officials in Ukraine say they expect the first shipments of much-needed wheat and other grains to leave its ports this week. That's despite a Russian missile attack on the Black Sea port of Odessa that jeopardized a lifting of a blockade. Russia's war in Ukraine is now entering its sixth month, and over the weekend, we learned the identity of two Americans killed in a Russian tank attack. CBS's Holly Williams has more from Ukraine. Luke Luzishin grew up in New Jersey. Brian Young came from California. And both were killed in action last week. American volunteers fighting with Ukrainian forces against Russia's invading army. Colonel Ruslan was their commanding officer. Yes, I'm professional military. He told us Luzishin was injured by Russian tank shelling, and as Young went to help, more fire killed them both. I can call them idealists, you know, driven by uh, values and uh, dignity. We got the call from the U.S. State Department letting us know that Luke is dead. At their home in Calabash, North Carolina, Luzishan's parents, Kathy and George, are struggling. Their 31-year-old son has left behind two young children of his own. Why was he motivated to come to Ukraine? It was, you know, David versus Goliath. And, you know, he was, he was ready to, to stand up and fight for the little guy. Colonel Ruslan told us Brian Young had experience in the American military and was a capable machine gunner. He perfectly knew what, what he was doing, you know, a good soldier. Ukraine's president, Vladimir Zelensky, has called on foreign volunteers to join his country's struggle against Moscow's bloody invasion. And thousands have reportedly come here, including many Americans. The State Department has warned U.S. citizens against coming here to Ukraine. These are not the first Americans who've been reported killed. Major. Holly Williams, thank you. Now to a growing economic problem. As inflation hits a 40-year high, there seems to be no shelter from the storm of rising rents. Here is CBS's Mark Strassman. Nice little porch area. Like any renter here, Kavita Gwed knows Tampa is a landlord's market. But the single mother of three's family needs an affordable three-bedroom and fast. Their lease is up July 31st. And how many places have you looked at? Uh, over 50. 50 places? <laughs> over 50 places, and I've reached out to over 200. All over Tampa Bay, all over the state of Florida. On average, Tampa's rents ballooned 22% last year. Father God, what am I going to do? Valerie Bannon's landlord in St. Petersburg hiked her rent nearly 60% to 2400 a month for this modest four-bedroom. Without options, legally blind, earning under 20 grand a year, this overnight auditor moved her family into a hotel, the bill paid by a charity. 
To me, it's no different from a hurricane or something disrupting your household and taking your home away and you're being homeless, not having anywhere to go and not knowing what to do. Fueling that hurricane here, thousands of pandemic relocations, inflation, rising interest rates, discouraging buyers, and few tenant protections. Tampa recently put $5 million toward rental assistance, money gone in two days. Erica Belazarian could be too. This PR account exec's rent will jump $530 beyond her budget. If I want to pay less, which is my goal, I will need to move 30 to 40 minutes outside of this neighborhood. 30 to 40 minutes? Yes. Very clean, spacious. Gwed keeps looking, calling, emailing. Yes. Everything's expensive. This home's deal breaker, the pond. She says a danger for her autistic son. You hear somebody talking about it, but until you experience something firsthand, then it really doesn't fully resonate or hit you. A rental crisis that hits home every day for families like hers. Mark Strassman, CBS News, Tampa. Still ahead on tonight's CBS Evening News, families in Japan are forced to flee when a volcano erupts and a fishing boat's all too close encounter with a whale. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Tonight, tributes are pouring in for actor Paul Sorvino, who died today of natural causes. He was best known for playing mob boss Polly Cicero in Goodfellas. Sorvino also had a stint on Law & Order, playing a New York City police sergeant. He even sang opera. His three children include actors Mira and Michael Sorvino. Paul Sorvino was 83. A major eruption from one of Japan's most active volcanoes forced dozens of people from their homes overnight. Large rocks were thrown as far as a mile and a half from the Sakurajima volcano. So far, there are no reports of injuries. The catch of the day off Plymouth, Massachusetts on Sunday was this spectacular video of a fishing boat getting walloped by a whale. The humpback whale breached high in the air and landed on the front of the boat, momentarily submerging it. The whale wasn't hurt, neither were people on board. As we know, employers consider many factors when hiring someone experienced salary, compatibility to name just a few. But one company had a lot more to think about with one prospective employee. CBS News Chief Medical Correspondent Dr. John LaPook explains. But I'm heading to an interview today. When 31-year-old Katie Coleman headed to that interview in March. I also have stage 4 cancer, which I plan to be fully transparent about. She had a lot on her mind. In December 2020, Coleman was told she had a rare form of kidney cancer that had spread to her liver and was inoperable. But several months later, her surgeon called to say he thought surgery was worth the risk. I kind of jumped up and danced around my office a little bit. The surgery was successful, though she was left with tiny spots on her liver that, for now, are not growing. We're hoping many years, um, if not like a full life ahead of me. When she received an interview for a computer programming job, she decided to take another risk. Several people tell me that I shouldn't disclose my diagnosis, but 
I don't see my diagnosis as a weakness. It's honestly one of my greatest strengths. Ruby Gattelrab Tudor is the founder and CEO of digital health company MDisrupt. At what point did she tell you, I've had kidney cancer? She told me and our engineering manager in that very first interview. I thought, oh my goodness, this is the most inspiring person I've ever met. People from every walk of life just come together to really support people when they're struggling. Why would you not hire that amazing person? So we did. Dr. John LaPook, CBS News, New York. Finally tonight, that last story we showed you about a woman who refused to let cancer define her was produced by beloved evening news producer Diane Renault, who we lost this weekend to cancer. Diane died following a 16-year battle with pancreatic cancer. Diane wrote and produced many of the stories you've seen on CBS for the last 30 years. She was curious, compassionate, funny, tough, and kind, everything you would want in a colleague and a friend. Diane loved her job, but she was defined by her family. Devotion to her twin son simply knew no bounds. Our thoughts are with them tonight as we grieve by their side. Diane will be missed. Her memory will live with us forever. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. For Nora O'Donnell, I'm Major Garrett in the nation's capital. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.